If you're talking about it, I'll be talking about it. Dennis Prager here. Join me this morning at 11, right here on AM 560, The Answer. Dan and Amy, and uh, pleased to be joined by James Fitzgerald. He's a retired FBI special agent and criminal profiler of significant renown. He, he and his team cracked the Unabomber case, you remember. He's also the author of a series of books, A Journey to the Center of the Mind, and the Unabomber case has been memorialized in a Netflix series called Manhunt that uh, you should see. It's really good. Um, Sam Worthington plays uh, James Fitzgerald. Paul Bettany plays uh, the Unabomber. The uh, Unabomber is an interesting case, too, for our discussion about those bombs that were deployed yesterday uh, and the rush to judgment, the jumping to conclusions that uh, people want to do for very convenient political reasons. Because you'll remember the uh, infamous Unabomber sketch? Mm-hmm. Wrong guy. Right. Wrong. But, but people don't remember that. Wrong guy. That iconic sketch of the guy in the hoodie that was supposed to be the Unabomber? Wrong guy. Oh, and then think about what happened to Mark Jewell. The Atlanta bombing during the Olympics? Wrong guy. For uh, more on this topic and how the investigation uh, should proceed, at least. We're pleased to be joined by James Fitzgerald. James, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amy. It's good to be on with you guys again. And don't forget uh, Stephen Hatfield with the anthrax case. They, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I was cut out of that case as a profiler because I kept telling the people at headquarters and the case was being run by uh, Robert Mueller at the time. I said, he's not your guy. He's not your guy. We're looking for someone else. And they wouldn't listen to me. And uh, another... Uh, Another false guy there. He's a he's a millionaire now, thanks to the lawsuit he filed. Uh, and of course, a guy named Bruce Ivins was eventually arrested as yeah. the anthrax guy. Yeah, Robert right. Mueller. Where have I heard that name? Yeah, before? Mueller. Robert right, Mueller. right, right. Uh, well, the reason we have you on in part two, I know you don't have a, a GoFundMe page like Peter Strzok, so we want to profile your work uh, <laughs> in addition to get your insights. Uh, let's talk about this case. So, um, the the president. Uh, said all the right things yesterday and then he'd be in touch has been in touch with top law enforcement it will be you've got a lot of evidence because you have these bombs that uh, reportedly uh could not be detonated uh that were sent and recovered so then how does uh, the, the fbi how does law enforcement proceed from here yeah, and I'm not sure I've, uh, and you may have officially heard that or reported that. I'm not sure of the actual uh, functionality of these devices or, or, and or the lethality. I mean, would they, <clears throat> excuse me, go off like a firecracker? Would they go off at all? Uh, or, or were they strictly made by design? Were they dummies? Um, but obviously they are still designed and constructed by someone, probably one person. You can't rule out uh, in these times that there's been a helper somewhere. And uh, they're still going to break them down for every bit of forensic evidence they can get, mm-hmm. looking at the you know, real or pretend detonator, the power source, of course, the wiring, triggering mechanism, uh, and, and you know, any shrapnel wrapped around it. And they're going to do their best uh, to determine where these uh, particles, where these segments, where these uh, pieces of, of metal and whatever they are came from. And uh, you know, that includes the battery, whatever. Uh, remember, the Unabomber used to strip the skin off of his batteries so they couldn't even be traced to a lot number in like a, you know, one distribution center in, a, you know, in Mississippi or something. So we'll see if this guy was clever enough to do this. Even if there's even batteries or some kind of a, uh, uh, an initiator, you know, uh, involved in these devices, we just don't know that yet in the public 
but that's what's going to be looked for. And every one of those items is going to be searched, not just for fingerprints, DNA, but other aspects uh, like the envelope. We'll look for uh, hairs and fibers, um, uh, indented writing. So there's a lot of forensic work going on, along with what the regular investigators in the streets are doing, of course, with uh, closed circuit TV, in this witness interviews and all that stuff. And this is far from over. I mean, we have some breaking news, a ninth package. Um, they say has now been delivered or was en route to Vice President Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. So we've, uh, that's still continuing. So a lot of people that were on, you know, cable shows weren't impressed with the level of sophistication of the pipe bomb from what you saw, because all, all we're seeing, the one picture is the one that was sent to John Brennan at CNN. Um, what do you make of that? And then the spelling was incorrect of his name. The spelling of Florida was wrong. Um, yeah, and I, I think what we have here so far is a case of quantity over quality. This person now, I guess we're up to, what, eight? Nine. I think Robert De Niro, supposedly, yep, that was eight. has right. a Niro's suspicious package. Yeah. And uh, yet none of them have detonated. Um, and I never want to insult a, I, I was going to say serial bomber. Technically, this isn't a serial bomber by definition. He's a mass bomber. And that's when someone just does everything, at, you know, on one occasion. It could be a mass shooter. A uh, serial bomber usually there's weeks or months. You know, Condit back in March was a serial bomber. Kaczynski certainly was uh, a serial bomber, meaning the Unabomber. But this guy did basically everything at once or within a day or so. So it's interesting there. And, you know, you're right, Amy. Uh, one of the first things that, you know, I have an investigative hat I wear. Uh, I have a profiling hat, but also a forensic ling- linguistic hat. And I saw the picture of the one device, and there's uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The last name Schultz is misspelled. The C is dropped. Right. And uh, John Brennan's name uh, is misspelled. One of the N's is missing from the middle of his last name. And I figured we have this guy who is uh, meaning the bomber who is so full of hatred and anger and vitriol towards these people, towards, you know, ostensibly Dems, liberals. And he knows, you know, he follows the news all the time and and puts everything uh, together. And I'm sure he has flow charts and all on a wall of his house and he puts these labels together and he misspells names of these two prominent people one of them one of his victims the other one made to look like you know a fake return address uh i think that misspelling was done for a reason and uh purposefully and and sometimes people do that in these types of cases whether it's just a letter itself or whatever to kind of make it look like well look i don't really know the people involved i don't follow politics that closely so uh yeah if i misspell the name i'll throw people off i think the misspelling is done for a reason because i think this person is something other than what he is pretending to be and so how do you you know go how do you start to kind of uh, narrow in on the person in addition to the forensic evidence i mean are because of course the conspiracy theories abound uh, from uh this is somebody who is fits the description you just offer to this is a false flag operation and so forth so, you know, if it's just looking uh, online or uh, in the public realm for people that uh, are engaged in incendiary or borderline violent rhetoric and incitement to violence, boy, that's a lot of legwork to do, uh, the amount of people that would potentially fit into that category. So how do you narrow the search? Yeah, and um, the investigators on the ground, and there's probably hundreds of them at, of them at this point in the task force, uh, no doubt, uh, uh, the Secret Service, FBI, uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives, NYPD. Uh, uh, you're going to have the postal inspectors, most likely. 
Um, quite frankly, uh, they're looking at everything they can get their hands on right now. They're not trying to pigeonhole this as a domestic terrorism, as an international terrorism, which I can't rule out, by the way, Dan and Amy. Uh, we had outsiders try to influence the 16 election with Facebook ads and fake news and stuff like that. But what better way to influence uh, an investigation this time around, since Facebook is, you know, supposedly monitoring uh, the ads and, and the fake news going up on those uh, sites now, uh, do something like this just to kind of create this tumult, which, quite frankly, this guy did. So, um, so again, the agents on the ground aren't too worried about uh, categorizing what this is and even looking whether the person's a Dem or a Republican or a Libertarian or something in the middle. Um, but usually what I found with these types of cases, um, these people who threaten, uh, people who send anonymous letters uh, in the workplace, whatever, it could be sort of benign, it could be a criminal matter somewhere else, they're not usually the ones that stand around and scream and pound their fist on the table and, you know, I want this change, and they're not the ones, Antifa, you know, burning buildings down or some other far right winger, uh, 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 you know, challenging people, making threats. This may be someone who's a little more on the reserve side, a little more quiet, that knows he, he's not on a database somewhere, or at least not a major, a major player, and he thinks he can get away with this for that reason. Um, I mean, you know, you, the person's going to have some kind of a social media uh, presence, fingerprint, if you will, but uh, it, it may not be the over-the-top one that sometimes we expect in cases like this. So, um, uh, like I said, I think this, this, this person's going to fall in one of three categories. He's either a, you know, a, a far-right-wing person, just can't stand uh, you know, his, his targets and the Dems anymore. He's a far left-wing person who can't stand the GOP and is that false flag type of uh, black op that, uh, that many of us think it may be. Or it could be, um, you know, uh, an outside entity. Uh, I wouldn't rule out the Russians at this point either, but there's going to be no cross-contamination. These people don't work together. It's going to be one or the other of these in these three categories, and that's where uh, I'm pretty darn sure our suspect will eventually come from. Once he's identified, do you do you look back uh, at uh, it, it instances that are recent and see if there's connections in a case like this? So, for example, these uh, envelopes laced with white powder that were sent to uh, Trump family members and the like. Do you look back and say, now, is there a connection to that or um, do you kind of separate them as wholly independent events? Now, they can't be ruled out. And especially I believe they were fake powders right. and um, fake, meaning they weren't know, WMDs or anthrax or rice or anything like that. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if these IEDs, uh, these bombs, are quote-unquote fake or not. They certainly look real from the outside, but at some point we're going to find out whether they were functional or not. So, no, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, putting, you know, talcum powder or something in an envelope and mailing it off is, is relatively simple and not too much uh, <clears throat> Uh, pre-planning is really necessary or, or, or expenditure is necessary. Obviously making upwards of nine IEDs that look like pipe bombs, you know, that's going to take some time, some tools, some effort, some privacy. Uh, you know, little Johnny and Mary aren't walking around in the kitchen waiting for daddy to take them to a soccer practice when he's putting the devices together. Um, you know, he's sitting in a shed or a garage somewhere in private and, you know, people aren't allowed to get in there. And, uh, and, you know, uh, he locks the door when he leaves. But all of a sudden, these things all go out within one or two days. And maybe Soros got his a day or two before that. Uh, and they would be important, too. It's one thing where he's mailing them from. But if he actually placed a few of them, including, they say, maybe outside of George Soros's home in the suburbs of New York City, you know, 
looking at cell phone activity and, of course, any kind of surveillance uh, footage from uh, from uh, from cameras would be invaluable in that regard. So there isn't a um, there isn't an item with, uh, or objective within an investigation that's not being uncovered right now. I've been on task forces like this back in the day uh, as a profiler and an investigator, and um, it's nonstop around the clock. And uh, that's what's happening right now, just like we saw it happen in Austin back in March. And within two weeks or so, um, this matter was put to rest, just like uh, Mark Condit was. Yeah, uh, that's a good reference. James Fitzgerald, retired FBI special agent and famed criminal profiler from the Unabomber case. The books, A Journey to the Center of the Mind, the Netflix series Manhunt. James Fitzgerald, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan and Amy. Take care. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You've made the switch. And it feels so good. You switch to Chicago's morning answer on AM 560. The answer.